Thanks for listening to the Commando On Demand podcast and another bonus episode for Thanksgiving weekend where it's the dark web part two. And in this episode, we get into some, well, uh, dark things, I guess, uh, the slave trafficking on the dark web and what a super smart guy at Microsoft is doing to stop it. Enjoy. There are things happening in them that will make your stomach turn. I'm America's Digital Pro, Kim Commando, and in this special Commando On Demand podcast, we'll reveal the truth about how modern technology is enabling, it's hard to believe, modern slavery. And we're going to meet the person using the very same technology to bring 21st century slave masters to justice. And these are the topics that I like to explore in our Commando On Demand podcast. I can't really get into them on my national radio show. There's just not enough time. And if you're not already getting each and every one of my podcasts delivered to your phone, your tablet, or your computer automatically, just subscribe to the podcast on Apple iTunes or Google Play. This way, when you subscribe, you automatically get my podcast delivered to your favorite device. Kim Commando is brought to you in part by HelloFresh. Delicious meals at home in under 30 minutes. Start today at HelloFresh.com slash Kim. There's a term you hear often in the media, human trafficking. It's a modern phrase that actually describes a pretty ancient crime. Well, it's slavery. Right now, whenever you're listening to this podcast, in a small town or maybe in a big city, in the United States or overseas, at this very moment, someone is being exploited by human traffickers. They might be domestic servants like the nanny caring for somebody's kids, or they might be one of the thousands of women and men working in the sex industry. All of these people are modern slaves, and they were sold into bondage by human traffickers. At the time, I was just very young and hurt because of the abuse in my own home. That's Katerina Rosenblatt. Today, she goes by Dr. Kat, and she's a happy mother living in a quiet corner of Orlando, Florida. But she grew up a child of a broken home. Her mother managed to escape from the clutches of her abusive father. But when Kat was just 13 years old, she fell into the arms of a human trafficker. He was a good-looking guy, you know, nice, very sweet and charismatic. But I would never have thought that he was a pimp or a trafficker. And I had no education about that. I had no understanding about prostitution. Kat, do you remember when you actually realized that this guy was up to no good? You know, one day when I asked him for chips, he gave me a dollar and he said, well, one day you're going to owe me. And that day would come when he would sell me to um, a sex tourist that came to the hotel looking for an American virgin girl. And so that's kind of how it started for me. Kat spent the next four years working as a child prostitute. Although Kat says that's not the right way to describe what happened to her. I really feel like it was child abuse. I was not a willing participant, so I always feel like I need to let people know and make them aware. Because I was a kid, I did not sign up for this. Wow, I know this can't be easy to talk about, Kat. I wound up becoming heavily addicted to cocaine. From there on out, it was just like a numbing. And so I went through these different experiences from age 13 to 17 when I fell for a false modeling scam, and it was finally then that I went to the police. But even then, they wouldn't believe me. They just looked at me like a juvenile delinquent. 
Kat eventually told her mother what was happening to her, and thanks to her mom and her own incredible resilience, she escaped that life. She got her high school degree, she went on to college, she got a master's in law, and then a PhD. After her convocation, she decided to devote her life to saving other girls from the nightmare that she experienced. She started a foundation called There's Hope for Me. Kat, can you tell me a little bit about the girls who you work with? Honestly, it's much more prevalent than parents could even imagine. We see girls all the time getting recruited in the mall, getting recruited online through social media, false friends. I mean, it's. I think it's even more prevalent today because of the internet. Everyone says that prostitution might be the oldest profession, but today, because of the internet and just about everything else, it's gone digital. That seedy street corner has been replaced by an even seedier corner of the internet. People under the assumption that these types of crimes happen like a made-for-Hollywood movie, when that's not the reality, and it really does a disservice to those who are being victimized in these type of exploitive situations. That's Dr. Kimberly Melman Orozco. She studies modern slavery and human trafficking. She's the author of a forthcoming book that's entitled Hidden in Plain Sight, America's Slaves of the New Millennium. When you're out in public, if you did come across a victim, nine times out of ten, you would not be able to tell that you have come across a victim. You, I, your listeners, everybody that you know, we have all touched or consumed products of slavery. We have met victims without our knowledge. Sex traffickers in particular use uh, very clandestine methods for recruiting and controlling their victims, faux relationships, um, romantic relationships, and that's able to recruit and control someone in a way that is not easily discernible to uh, an outside perspective. It's hard to understand how someone could be fooled into selling their body. You've spoken to so many victims of sex trafficking. How exactly are the traffickers able to coerce people into this life at all? Mentally manipulating them almost into complacency, making them perceive themselves as consenting participants. That takes skill. And these sex traffickers often do have skills in order to make their victims perceive themselves as consenting when they are being exploited. Crazy. What you're describing actually sounds to me like the Stockholm Syndrome. So that Stockholm Syndrome type of relationship is termed trauma bonding. And this trauma bond, it's it's stronger than a physical chain. Kat, you mentioned briefly before that the Internet has changed the sex trafficking industry. Can you tell us a little bit more what you meant by that? We see girls all the time getting recruited online through social media. You want to stay right where you are, because coming up, how can we protect our kids from these kinds of predators? They're really savvy. Life happens. With ADT, you can feel safe with an ADT starter kit professionally installed for only $49. Call today and install an ADT starter kit that includes security panel, keypad, key fob, entry and motion sensors, and for a limited time, get a camera included and installed at no additional cost. That's a $449 value installed for just $49. Requires 36 month monitoring contracts, QSB, and easy pay activation early. As a parent, this is so scary for me to hear. And I'm sure for the many parents and grandparents listening to you right now. 
Parents need to know the signs of what to look for and foster parents, how to keep your kids safe. And one of the signs is definitely, you know, looking at their social media and seeing who are these people who are friend requesting or following your child or looking at their Snapchats and making sure that they're not putting explicit photos, that they're not sexting anybody. Human traffickers conduct their vile work on many corners of the web. They often make first contact with their prey on social media. They use apps like Twitter and Snapchat. Once entrapped, the traffickers sell their victims' services on public websites like Craigslist or Backpage.com. But these pimps also communicate with Johns on something called the dark web. But a lot of people are confused about the dark web. Despite its dramatic name, the dark web is actually pretty simple to understand. Think of it kind of as an alternative internet. There are many versions of the dark web, but one of the most popular is something called Tor. This stands for the Onion Router. You see, you need a special Tor web browser, which can access specially designed Tor websites. The connection between the Tor browser and the Tor website is almost totally anonymous. And if you think about it, that's a dream come true if you're a democratic activist in a heavily censored country like China. But it has also become the new Wild West for criminals. There are so many illicit markets that operate on the Tor network. The vast majority of those are selling drugs. But in a tiny minority of Tor markets, you can find a thriving human trafficking industry. So, Kimberly, you've studied these dark web trafficking websites. Do you think they can actually be stopped? One of the dangers with the Onion Router, it further masks your presence on the internet. The way that I conceptualize Tor, the Onion Router, is like a fake ID. Not only is it a fake ID, but it's a fake ID that's ripped up into a million different pieces and routed around the world before it's being exchanged. I'm glad you said that, Kimberly, because I've also invited someone to join us who's helping law enforcement to evolve. Hi, Chris. Uh, Take a moment and introduce yourself. My name is Christopher White. I'm a principal researcher and partner at Microsoft in the Artificial Intelligence and Research Division. Chris, I'm so thrilled that you could join us in this conversation because of your incredible work combating human trafficking on the dark web. I've read that you started your research when you were helping the U.S. government fight the Taliban in Afghanistan. And I've always wondered, what is the connection between radical Islamists and human traffickers? Now, the underpinning of both of these kinds of organizations is a financial underpinning where they have to raise money. And it turns out that people who are willing to do things for money uh, without ethics will do anything. And so they'll sell whatever they can, whether it's guns or drugs or people. So how were you using technology to fight the war in Afghanistan? In Afghanistan, we saw this potential starting because of the role of the internet and how you might use it to assess, say, where a bomb was going to go off. It turns out coming back to the U.S., we have very similar problems. We need to know where things are happening, who's involved in them, and if it's going to endanger someone, how to do something about it. Let me explain. Chris was still in his 20s, fresh out of Harvard School of Engineering, when the Defense Advanced Research Projects Agency hired him, otherwise known as DARPA. DARPA is basically the tech special forces for the U.S. military. The Army had this big problem when Chris was hired in 2010. 
U.S. intelligence was incredibly good at collecting enormous troves of information about the enemy, talking about email, telephone, and social media communications, then, of course, satellite and drone surveillance, observations of military units right on the ground. It was all good and useful intelligence, but there was a problem. There was just way too much of it, far too much for any one person to make sense of it all. So Chris developed a new kind of, say, search engine to sift through all this information. It was so effective that by the time he left Afghanistan, he had been promoted to the equivalent rank of a one-star general. After returning to the United States, he decided to adapt this new search engine, which he called Memex, to the problem of human trafficking. You can think of it, for example, as the transformation from card catalogs, encyclopedias, to search engines, to something else that's helpful for uh, fighting crime and for protecting people. So, Chris, how does Memex work? You imagine like if you're boring down like a drill into the ocean, grabbing a, a, a cube of water. Uh, what is the cube that is most relevant to an anti-trafficking investigator? And the Memex tool suite was applied to do just that. That's pretty incredible. So how has Memex been used to actually catch these human traffickers online? For example, the District Attorney of New York, they have a problem where there are, say, 500,000 ads for sex online in a year in New York City. And they have to assess where there are victims, how many there could be, how many people are involved. The Memex technologies allow you to discover the relevant public information online that can be used as evidence. Chris wasn't alone in developing Memex. It was this mammoth project that's estimated to have cost, get this, as much as $50 million. It's not just a single program. It's actually a suite of digital tools that were developed by 17 different universities, corporations, and government agencies. This is incredibly complicated stuff. But simply put, it has accomplished something that many thought was impossible. It has actually shown a light on the darkest corner of the dark web. It's already been used by police to smash a human trafficking ring in New York. Chris left his job with DARPA a few years ago. He now works at Microsoft, where he's adapting Memex, so it can be used by researchers and journalists or anybody else who needs to make sense of these huge amounts of data that we're collecting now. So, Chris, you've certainly contributed so much to combat the ugliest parts of the dark web. But I have a question to ask you. Wouldn't it be simpler to just ban dark web technologies like Tor and just wipe it all out? If you look at the stats that the Tor project reports, they report publicly the number of users and the way they're using it. You can see the number one usage of Tor is to do standard internet activity from a difficult place in the world, like in China or in Iran, and you want to go to Facebook, then you can use Tor. You know, I'm really surprised to hear you say that. I thought you would have been the last person to actually defend the dark web. It is a place where there are some really heinous people doing some really heinous things, and it's really happening. To me, it's important to uh, shine a light on it so that people understand what's actually happening, and then they can respond in a more appropriate way. Okay, if I'm hearing you correctly, it sounds like you're saying that the dark web is really no different than the regular web or for the real world for that matter. 
it's our responsibility uh, both to understand how that's happening um, as if it were in a physical space where we would understand uh, kids beating each other up or uh, other kinds of physical violence. Uh, we would want to understand what the phenomenon is and, and how important it is. And the same is true in the, in the digital space. It's just a bit different of a problem. So, Kat, you've been listening to all this. You work on a daily basis with the victims of sex trafficking. What do you think is the best way to prevent this kind of exploitation? Definitely, there needs to be a worldwide educational program that teaches kids on identification, on what a potential uh, false relationship looks like, and what is healthy and unhealthy, just on relationships in general. That's really excellent advice. Dr. Kat Rosenblatt, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And we've covered a lot of ground over the last 20 minutes, but we haven't even really scratched the surface of this incredible, complicated topic. But what I've learned is that slavery is not a relic of this bygone era. It's happening right now in my city and in your city and everywhere else in the United States. And to make matters worse, technologies like the dark web have made it actually harder than ever to stop it. But it's not hopeless. There are incredible people like Kat, Kimberly, and Chris who are working every day to rescue the victims, lobbying for changes in the law, and developing the technologies to actually catch these criminals. You can make a difference too, right, Kat? Support survivor-led nonprofits. You know, ours is thereishopeforme.org, and there are many others around the nation who are doing work to combat human trafficking in our societies. So partner with a survivor-led organization and make a difference. We've created a special page over at commando.com where you can learn more about the work of our guests today, Kat, Kimberly, and Chris. And we've also included links about how you can educate yourself and your kids about the real threat of human traffickers. There are also links to charities working to rescue the people being exploited in your city. I can't think of a better cause to support. And do me a huge favor. Head over to iTunes or Google Play right now and give this podcast a big five-star rating so that this way more people are informed about human trafficking. They know it can happen to them. And maybe they can make a difference in their communities. The Commando On Demand podcast is brought to you in part by iDrive. Protect all your data on all your PCs, Macs, servers, and mobile devices to one iDrive account. Switch to iDrive today from any competing service and get 90% off your first year. iDrive.com, promo code KIM.